Howdy, and welcome to episode 8 of season 2 of the FPL Jingle. We've just had a horrific week of fantasy football. Uh, for example, Steve, your game week rank was 8,400,000 more or less. Somehow mine is 8,600,000, despite us both getting 35 points. Captain Halland and nothing else for the week. Um, but... On a more personal level, Steve, how do you feel? Uh, it's not great. I mean, like, we've actually had a pretty good run up until this point. So, you know, what, 10 points below the average this week? Uh, can't be too disappointed with it, but at the same time, I am. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think we, we were texting there. It's like, we, it, this is week six. Is it week, is it, is it game yeah. week, it's game week six. And Just we've, gone, we've yeah. had, we've been well above the average all along so and it also made me think um what's going to be our goal for the season like uh, we, we kind of discussed it earlier in the pod and we didn't even know what would be good but like it, this week now has made me feel like you know top 10k feels really unattainable uh top 10k is <laughs> crazy uh i think you know i was sitting around like inside the top million and i was like oh yeah you know pretty happy with that like 10 million players like inside the top 10 percent you know but like 10k feels like mad i remember i think you said 100k at the start did you not 100k would be top one percent yeah 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 well i, I don't know be, that's still pretty pretty impressive yeah um and the thing is um as players stop playing as happens every season like you know I've, the, the enthusiasm might be there for so many weeks after the international break i think we'll see a lot of well, I say the World Cup break. I think we'll see a lot of people drop out. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But I mean, you'll see a lot of people drop out, but not the people that we're concerned with. Like everyone that is in and around like the million or so, like they're they're pretty avid players. So I don't imagine many people on that side dropping out of things. You know, you're talking like I'd probably say from the six million onward, maybe like the ten million, seeing a good few players from that point that point dropping out, but. You know, anyone who scored pretty well so far this season, I imagine, is going to keep it going. Yeah, I th- I think you will still see some some droppers, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because you know when you ha- when you have the bad week, it's a, how do you even feel about it? Like you know, how do you ah you just I like I, I, we, we 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 so the pod is going to be mainly about wildcard. But like I, I as I was chatting to there, Steve, I had like eight changes in mind. Eight, on, on wow. a team that was good like last week so yeah maybe 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 we need a bit of a podcast to tone it down a bit like <laughs> this is the this is kind of like the debrief that teams do after they lose the weekend and kind of f- find out where they went wrong and then like set try and get things set going forward for the next week so maybe that that can be kind of a bit our our, our session our, our video session next ball as someone might say to you in a, in, in a game <laughs> maybe uh, yeah so it's like, i mean on our teams there's not much else to say this week we both of us 35 points mm-hmm. only captain haven't yeah pretty much that's I got it. it for all of us or most people i'd say i, I was lo- flicking through uh reddit i think and i saw like magnus carlson's team and like even he had like double chelsea double C- uh, city i think he had salah and martinelli and you know jesus and Haaland. so even he, even like the best, I think, had a kind of relatively poor week. Um, the guy that had like the highest score in fantasy this week had like um, Pope and Trippier, and he captained Rashford, and he had Haaland and Tony, and it was just a mad team. Like who ca- who captains Rashford against Arsenal? But obviously he did. So, but like I feel like it was an outlier in terms of um, overall score. Uh, absolutely. And when you say that, it kind of brings me back to like, I don't know, was it three pods ago when I was talking about big at the back and should we have three forwards? And we were talking about risking getting rid of the safe feeling defenders for more expensive midfielders and forwards. The teams with three forwards this week, like definitely profited. Yeah, yeah. Um, Um, I mean, are, are those teams on a lower score on the whole? I don't know it depends like if you have Haaland but I mean everyone has Haaland so he's not really gonna be much of a difference maker it's probably the likes of someone like Tony or Mitrovic 
if you have them in your team, you're that's pro- those are probably the difference makers you have right now that have probably paid off for you. I think like Mitrovic has. I know he blanked in one game against Wolves when he missed the penalty, but apart from that, I think he scored in every game he's played so far this season. So like you know, he's he's made a huge a huge impact so far. Yeah, that an N five goal Harry Kane would be yeah, a difference maker as well. Normally has a slow start to the season, but not really the case so far. I think with with Son especially not having his best start to the season, Kane's kind of picked up some of the slack there, and be interesting to see because he's you know coming into the World Cup, he wants to keep his form going so he can play well for England. He might be a very good pickup. We'll discuss that when we're going through our wild cards later. Uh, one last one before we look at the fixtures coming up, Steve. What do you make of Jesus's price drop? Not entirely surprised because a lot of what Jesus does is probably stuff that isn't gonna cause his price to increase. Like against United, he absolutely bullied Varane and Martinez almost the entire game. Like for his stature, he he does a lot of hold up play really well, wins free kicks, can hold off defenders. He interlinks to play. He moves out. He drifts out to the left sometimes, and then you'll see Saka and Martinelli kind of drift into the into the box at times whereas you know with Haaland you know he kind of stays inside the width of the six yard box if not the width of the penalty uh, box and he doesn't really drift anywhere but he's always going to be in the box when you kind of need him whereas Jesus is kind of more link build up and and he, he doesn't always need to be the man at the end of it so I can understand the price drop all right and as you mentioned probably a lot of people going to Mitrovic and spending that one and a half million elsewhere Potentially, but yeah. he's still seventy five percent owned. So it's, it's you know it's. Uh, I thought it was just interesting that 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 someone who has had a great start is already getting the chop. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's it's mad that the prices are kind of fluctuating so much. That we talked about it before we started. The Rashford was originally six point five, dropped to six point three, and after that game against Arsenal, he's back at six point five. So he's gone up point two of a mil uh, overnight. Yeah, really, they're using. Uh, new algorithm this year so uh, very volatile is the term i saw on reddit yeah that 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 makes sense absolutely so yeah our teams are shit i had bailey for a goal (laughs) on my bench yeah i Uh, saw that you have an assist have you an assist there with nico williams yeah he got an he got the penalty for nottingham forest's second goal but obviously they conceded three and lost to bournemouth so um, he didn't get the clean sheet. So it's just the assist there from him. Very exciting stuff from Nico Williams. <laughs> Steve's first first place on the bench. Uh, yeah, it, it's been such an easy start to the season that like I, I have not had an auto sub. But yeah, um, me neither. Yeah, I think me neither. Sometimes I kind of wish I had because I think Nico Williams got a clean sheet or and a bonus point one time or. Pereira got uh, an assist. He's got a couple of assists so far this season, but you know that's that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. Don't get too upset, Steve, about it. <laughs> I'm trying it not to, but you're trying to bring it out of me. <laughs> anyway, game week six. I'll go down through the results very quickly. The Merseyside derby was a nil-all draw. Spurs beat Fulham two one. Mitrovic gold. Bournemouth, as you mentioned, Steve, beat Nottingham Forest 3-2. Chelsea convincingly smashed West Ham 2-1. Man, mm. Brentford got 5 against Jesse Marsh's Leeds. Uh, 5-2, the scoreline. Wolves beat Southampton 1-0. Uh, Newcastle and Palace had a nil-all draw. I was disappointed as I had considered getting in Pope. Villa held Man City 1-1. Uh, Brighton beat, beat Leicester 5-2, spurring a lot of people into a grab purchaser, Pascal Gross. And Man United beat Arsenal 3-1. So, uh, Steve, maybe the one that, that uh, will annoy you the most, uh, the game in Old Trafford. What did you make of that one? Yeah, like we kind of talked about this as well before the uh, the podcast. Like I thought Arsenal played pretty well at times. They definitely had um, more dominant uh, bit, times of possession in the game than United did I thought they probably deserved something from the game I didn't think the first goal should have been ruled out I thought Eriksen just kind of saw himself getting dispossessed and just went down very easy I thought it was very soft the Premier League has said that they want the league to be more physical this year and they've been letting challenges like that go 
since the start of the season but because this one was in Old Trafford and everyone got on the ref's back uh, I think VAR just went and looked at it and found a reason to rule it out and the first goal was pretty important in this game I thought it could have set the tone and you know obviously what happened happened United um, did what they did under Ali and they soaked up possession hit on the counter-attack with pace Anthony got his first goal uh, we did well to get back into the game but once we went 2-1 down I thought we made our too many subs too quickly and we kind of lost our shape and then the, that left too many gaps in behind and that's how United got in for the third um, not overly disappointed it isn't the type of Arsenal defeat at Old Trafford like at a 3-1 where you say ah oh, we were never in with a chance like we were uh, we just were a bit naive but uh, no still still with the faith yeah, I suppose the only thing I took from this game is, is I think I've seen Rashford score the same goal like three times now, just belting it down the left. Uh, <laughs> maybe teams will catch on, but hopefully not before he's in my team and, and scoring the exact same goal elsewhere. Um, and yeah, is it part of the reason Jesus is dropped? Is it panic stations with Arsenal? I wouldn't. No, no, definitely not panic stations. Jesus is the main man. That's not going to change. He will continue to start games. They have Everton coming up at home at the weekend, so it'll be a great chance to to fix things and maybe you see um, Tierney come in for that game, or maybe they try and move things around. Fabio Vieira came on for his debut at Old Trafford, so maybe they look to give him a start or at least give him more minutes. Um, Smith Rowe looked like he pulled up in the in the warm down after the game, so he could potentially Smallish. be injured again. So just a few issues in midfield, but I mean like. Partey is set to come back I think maybe not this uh, this week but next week so you know we'll get some more bodies in there hopefully soon but no definitely not panic stations I wouldn't be panicking because well, I kind of would be I, I, I've noticed there uh, well if any if you should if you're a Chelsea fan on you should be panicking because Chelsea did not deserve to win that game uh, Jared Bowen Excuse barely me. barely touched Edward Mendy, who dived down and pretended like he'd been shot, his shoulder was dislocated from his body. Like and I saw, Re- I saw Rodrigo, atrocious. I saw Rodrigo's shoulder tackle. actually get dislocated, and he made less of a fuss than Edward Mendy did. And yet it went to VAR, and they said that he fouled him, and the goal was ruled out. And the PGMOL have come out since and said it was the incorrect decision, and that the goal should have been awarded. So, and you, you didn't even play that well. What would they well. know about it? What would they the, know? What would the refs know? Yeah. Yeah, they'd know a fair bit, as it turns out, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, amazing. No, I mean, like, I didn't get to see the game. I was too busy playing Irish sports elsewhere. But I, I, had, I had no expectations. Like, It was very much a shock result for me to see Chelsea had won this game 2-1. And, like, it's all... It was such end of season last year Chelsea type of win as well like you know with the Chilwell goal that just looked messy yeah. and Havertz got a late goal nice to see Havertz Chil- Chilwell brought on as a sub and then gets a goal and an assist and then Tuchel comes out after the game and says that his he's not in sync with the team and he's still kind of got a ways to go and he's not in the rhythm and you're like you're thinking to yourself does Tuchel just not like this guy because I mean he comes off the bench, he gets a goal and an assist, and Tom Tuchel criticizes him and says that he isn't ready to start games. I mean, like, what more does he need to do? <laughs> you know, when the team was 1-0 down and you're a left-back, uh, I don't know. But, look, Aubameyang coming into the squad now will help give you a bit more um, a, a power, a focal <laughs> focal point going forward. Well, it can't, it can't be any worse. I really don't rate Havertz. I know he scored in this game, but he came, off, he came on as a sub and he just... He got a bit lucky, in my opinion, but because Chelsea just don't seem to have any sort of direction or way that they want to play going forward. It's literally all down the wings to Reese James or Kukurea, and there's nothing in the middle there. So I don't know. Look, uh, mm. like Chelsea yeah, now. Olivier Giroud would be lovely in there. Honestly, yeah. Like at least he's a guy you could uh, cross the ball into to actually win headers. Like, I, yeah, honestly, genuinely. But look, they have one of the easiest schedules coming up now over the next 10 weeks. Uh, they've probably only... Re- Liverpool uh, at home will be tough. And then they've got United and Arsenal towards the end, uh, before right before the World Cup. Everything in between there, you would expect them to win. So if you know if Tuchel can kind of get them playing the way he wants, like they can turn it around. But at the moment, I'm not impressed. 
Um, yeah. I mean, you you could you could say that there's green shoots with the Fofana and the Aubameyang signing, yeah. but I think it's um. I felt this way two years ago as well. I felt like there's too many things that have to go right. Like Fofana has to be good, Aubameyang has to work out. If one of those things doesn't work, Chelsea remain a shit team. So, I I I am worried. I mean, they have an easy run, but I'm not buying anyone. I'm actually considering getting rid of Reese James. Maybe I'll just leave in Fofana at four point four. He's great value. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, well, we'll get to that. But I think that's those are probably the main two games I wanted to talk about. I mean, well, you could touch on the the Merseyside derby and just Liverpool's inability to score, and uh, probably should have lost this game. Everton had the best chance of the game, but then it, but then it fell to Neil Mopé, who's probably <laughs> which is funny because as a striker, he's probably the one person you wouldn't want on the ball in that situation. And yeah, he just hit it. Lurie, uh, Alice, sorry, not Larice. Allison made a decent save, but. Mope kind of hits it right at him and if he looks to his right he has um, Onana and is it Anthony Gordon who started off the move there with an easier tap in so but you know he's a striker he's going to want to score goals but yeah, maybe the passing the ball was easier scenario there but Liverpool just need to, to figure it out I think Thiago may be a bigger loss than people think he is but maybe that's just me uh, Liverpool would be happy to have Jota back fit. Uh, they obviously had Darwin Nunez starting this game as well, so it probably came as a shock that they didn't get a lot of goals in this one. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say panic stations with Liverpool either. Would you not? I would actually be tempted to think it would be a little bit, but because, I mean... What's their fixture list coming up look like? It's not very. They have the good, second worst fixture. No, third worst the, fixture they, list. They have the third worst because they have Chelsea, Arsenal, City, and Spurs in their next ten, and then they also have West Ham. But then I suppose and at West Ham and Brighton, who I wouldn't classify as very easy games, especially Brighton now, the way they're playing. Yeah, especially Brighton. So, um, and especially with the Champions League, you know, now coming up, you know, there's gonna have to be a bit of rotation in the squad to keep players fresh. But Liverpool don't really have that many bodies fit. Like you, you'd look at the back four and you think uh, Trent was taken off before the sixty. Robertson was the same. That's an effort to try and keep them fresh for for Europe. Um, but Van Dijk and Gomez is Matip back fit yet? I don't know. Like the in midfield, are they going to be playing Henderson and Milner again? Who are kind of lacking a bit of legs. It's yeah. It's. Um, it's not great at the moment, but if they have your man Arthur, who they signed from Juve, so we'll be interested to see how he does. But any time I've watched him play, I haven't been very impressed. He's been at Barca and Juve now, and he hasn't really done any done anything to impress at either club. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Noted that he's, he doesn't have many plaudits. Yeah, how long? How yeah? How long before you really start to wonder what, where Liverpool are going? Like, what what is that now? Two wins and is, is it three? No. Two wins and three draws is what they have now in a loss. That's yeah. nine points. They've got one clean, was it? One or two cleans? Yeah, yeah two, like two it, I think. Yeah, it's just not the form. It's not the form that we're used to seeing out of a, a Jurgen Klopp side. So it'll just be interesting to see how they go in Europe because they're away to Napoli, which isn't going to be an easy game. Not the hardest game they could have asked for, but definitely not an easy one. So... Well, you they'll, know, they'll probably need an uptick in form to overcome Napoli, I would say. Yeah, probably. All right. Thanks, Steve, for your review of the games. I didn't watch at all. Got about 20 <laughs> minutes of Man United versus Arsenal. Yeah. Um, well, that still left you with enough to have an opinion, though, even if it was wrong. I, I mean, like, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and just say nothing. I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could do that. It'd just be a very boring podcast. Man City really played football this weekend, didn't they? Oh boy, did they kick that ball. <laughs> they kicked that ball so much. Okay, that's going to be the re- review for game week six. We're going to... Yeah, we probably should have said at the top of the pod, we're wildcarding hard this week. Or I'm at least... I have the buttons pressed. I'm... All in on the wild card for the week ahead. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with my first tinker of my uh, wild card. And Steve might reveal a few, a few changes he's going to make too. 
Welcome to section two of the podcast. This is the Fanta wildcard area of your listenership. Uh, Steve, are you enjoying your Fanta? <laughs> Another Coke product. We've gone back to Coke, have we? Yeah, I mean, Lisa's brother worked in the Coca-Cola factory down in Cork, so we've just been getting oh, those did he? all the time. Yeah. All right. Well, my dad used to work for Nintendo, I'll have you know. So I used to get like free <laughs> Nintendos all the time. <laughs> you know that that wasn't a rumor in my school, although I've heard it was a very common one. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a well, it wasn't Nintendo by the time I was in kind of around that. It was like PlayStation. PlayStation really took off. It's like oh yeah, my uncle works at PlayStation. It's like oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so you want jealous. Yeah, exactly. That was the whole point. So we're gonna run down through each position and what what key what players we think might be value in that position, and then also kind of take into account their schedule and see uh, where where maybe we want to go with our wild card picks. Is that right, on? Yeah, I mean, like, there's only a, yeah. We'll we'll go through the essentials in each position, I think, and maybe yeah. Afterwards, we'll go through what we're going to do. Um, but yeah, I think it's worth having the discussion. I think there will be a lot of wild carding done this week. A lot of people like me who are totally rattled by big at the back not working. <laughs> no, there was no memo sent around or anything about that. So, a bit upset. <laughs> your your, uh, your group email thread. You didn't get anything, though. There was nothing, um, and I even nothing. I'm upset. <laughs> no one told uh. me. The, the the three o'clock meeting on the Friday never 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 materialized obviously. I was gone home at that hour. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll okay. kick it off with the goalkeepers, and I think the first one worth mentioning is probably Nick Pope because he is the top scoring goalkeeper in the league so far. Um, made a lot of saves, a lot of bonus points, and Newcastle as well to have a, a a decent first half of um of the next 10 weeks decent first half at home to Bournemouth and Brentford away to Fulham and West Ham then it kind of gets a bit tougher you're talking uh, United away Spurs away Chelsea at home but even then they've kind of got Everton and Villa at home in between those so you know pretty pretty decent fixtures you'd say obviously not the easiest but like a nice it's nicely spaced out on yeah, uh, it's interesting that, that Newcastle managed to keep the clean sheet against Crystal Palace they were missing Gamera's uh, also, St. Max was injured. They started Razor at top of the left. Um, yeah. They've moved away from the five at the back. It was Target, yeah. Cher, Botman, and Trippier. I think Botman. Yeah, it's been, been been like all, it's been like that. It's been like that almost. It's been like that almost all season, though. And apart from maybe the first week, or maybe when they played Chelsea, but no, they've been four at the back and um, playing the way Eddie Howe kind of wanted them to play originally, and he's kind of got the players to do it now. Uh, St. Max is a loss up top, but I mean, in terms of uh, in terms of defense, he didn't really add much in terms of his tracking back, that sort of thing. But you know, like Pope is is making a lot of saves so far this season. Like if I try and I try and pull it up here while I'm talking to you, uh, I know I can't save sorry. save points. Is that is that it? Uh, you got three save points in the last game. Nine saves. Is that is that yeah. what it is? Yeah. He yeah. got one the week before, one the week before that, two the week before that, and one the week before that. So, yeah, he's flat out. He has made 28 saves. So, he and, is uh, up yeah, the fucking just, walls. Yeah, he's, just, he's a good keeper, though. And, like, Botman and uh, Shar in front of him are... Uh, Botman, especially, I think, is going to be a, is a good centre-back in the league for many years. And Shar is, like, a decent partner for him, better than who who, who else they have in there at the moment. But Target, Target and Trippy are also decent full-backs as well. Absolutely. Uh, my second pick at goalkeeper, I think, would be Ederson. I think I'd be okay with giving the five point five. Is uh, he's probably tied with with uh, Sanchez, uh, who at the moment is scoring more than him on four point seven. But if I pull up uh, Brighton's fixtures, I don't think they have the easiest run coming up. Uh, they have two easy ones: Brynemouth Palace. Uh, that's Brian Palace playing them at home. Did I say Brynemouth? Bournemouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you said. Anyway, brightness uh, like uh, like that stuff you put in tuna. Yeah, but I mean, going back to Ederson for a second here, uh, Spurs at home, and then um, they have back to back in weeks eleven and twelve. Arsenal away, or Liverpool away, Arsenal away, 
but then after that, you'd say it kind of gets a bit easier again. I, that Leicester are down here as like a red fixture, uh, but I absolutely don't think that'll be the case. Now, granted, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. Rodgers might get sacked and replaced by then, but Leicester so far are rooted to the bottom of the table. And even still, if it is away at Leicester, I don't see that being much of a tough fixture for City. So they do have a fairly nice uh, next set of next set of games. So I think Ederson would be another smart pick. Yeah, I mean, like you'd be very confident in the Wolves in the Southampton game, but Man United will probably up their game for them. Yeah, I know, so, but eh, we'll see. We'll uh, see. It, it's a the the Manchester derby is always a bit hard to predict, but what might not be hard to predict on is Chelsea's maybe next run of form and maybe Mendy as a potential goalkeeper five million kind of around that mark you know they've got they've only really got like liverpool at home in their next what is it six fixtures that you'd say is a difficult one i know they're not going well at the moment but i mean what do you think um i don't agree um uh, yeah i mean like so i had mendy i got rid of him for yuri's like fulham away i would be pretty confident mitrovic is going to score uh then you have liverpool who will score and then you've Palace. Uh, Palace and Fulham are both teams that play extremely well at home, and they are at home for those games. Um, and I think Chelsea are uh, a wait and see kind of a situation. We, you know, oh, yeah. we mentioned Fofana and Aubameyang having to work out in order for Chelsea to become a good team again. So right, well, r- r- I wouldn't round be a first so mover. With, round us out. So who is your your second keeper that you're thinking about? Oh, it's, it'll be Ward. I no, not in terms board, of like your not in terms of your backup keeper, but uh, is there another keeper other than Ederson that you're thinking about? Uh, yeah, yeah, I just said uh, Pope and Ederson would have been my two picks. I don't like the Liverpool ah. defense at the moment. I wouldn't be going for De Gea. There's cheaper picks elsewhere if you want to get in the defense there. Like uh, Yaris is actually my goalkeeper at the moment, but Spurs have the worst run of fixtures. Uh, up until the World Cup so I think just get out of that and move on with your life <laughs> fair enough so so I'll move on to we'll move on to the defenders and maybe pick out some of those and like you know if you look at the top three you're talking Cancelo Trippier and Saliba so we've already kind of maybe talked about uh, Cancelo and or City and Newcastle's run in for the next 10 weeks but Arsenal notably have what more uh much more on the difficult side they've got uh the north north london derby spurs are at home and then they've got liverpool at home uh, a gap where they play leeds away but then it's man city at home so like three very tough fixtures in the space of four weeks there for arsenal and then you know it eases up a bit and then they have chelsea away so you know especially with how things are going i don't know if there's Will there be a, will there be that many clean sheets in in Arsenal's future? Owen, what do you think? Um, you you'd have some confidence in the Everton Brighton game, the next two fixtures, but I, I can't argue with, with 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 the rest of it. I mean, Liverpool City leads away; they might keep something. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Tierney and Zinchenko. Zinchenko was kind of getting a bit of abuse after the Man United game. I mean, like yeah, the Arsenal defense kind of went missing. Although I think that's ah, out of I don't, the norm. I, I would have thought I they were pretty I solid. See, I didn't see Zinchenko getting any abuse and any abuse directed towards him. I don't think it makes, actually makes any sense. So uh, I, I'd, I'd le- I wouldn't worry about that. So are, are we Are you saying Are we saying that we have to get Cancelo in? Am I saying get Cancelo in? I'm getting Cancelo out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I have Cancelo and Walker at the moment. And... City have Tottenham, Wolves, United, Southampton. We just spoke about the Man City run-in. Um, yeah, you're asking me who are the essential defenders. Cancelo at 7.1 isn't essential for me, I don't think. Uh, I'll, I'll be holding Walker at 5. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was going to uh, be my next question, but, but yeah, you already answered Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, we, we, looked at, we looked at Cancelo's stats, and he had like really, really low XG, XA stats up until game against uh, who did it be 2-0 there very comfortably was it 2-0 2-0 who are you thinking of they drew with Villa they beat Nottingham Forest 6-0 uh, no, and then they, they beat, beat Palace 4-2 yeah. 
<laughs> Cancelo yeah, did bit... score, but it was his, his only shot in the game. And he didn't get any assists. So for him to be worth seven, he needs to be doing a bit more in my eyes. Uh, so I think you're better off with just a Walker pick. Or if you are going for the Ederson pick, maybe do that. Fair in enough. Goals, I, think, I think we were saying Pope would be a better pick in goals. Um, but in defense... Yeah, I mean, like you're you're going to want to stay in the Man City defense. I'm not so sure about Liverpool. I'm I'm almost considering the good value picks at the moment. Really? Yeah. Like you're like, I was going to say Wolves, but Wolves I think have do have the apart from Spurs they have the toughest because they have Liverpool, Man City, West Ham, Chelsea as their next four. <laughs> it eases off a bit, and they play um, Forest and Palace. But I mean, Palace is still a tough enough game. And then it's like Leicester, Brentford, Brighton, Arsenal. Not exactly easy games. So, like the, you know, those are those no, are tough. There's uh yeah, they're, they're limited enough. But some for some reason the big teams have good value options at the moment. Like you can get into the Arsenal defense. I mean, like I already have Saliba, who's four point eight at the moment. But you could get Fofana at Chelsea for four point four. You could get Martinez at United for four point five. Yeah. So are you saying there's... then that may, are are we saying then that maybe Mendy who who had five. Might not be worth it, but for 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 Fafana at four point four, you know he he might actually be worth bringing in because of the value that that he is. Yeah, I think if you have Fofana in your team, you can afford to spend big elsewhere. So Fofana at sub is great, and some weeks you're going to start him. Right. I mean that that is if he settles in as the starting right centre back, which I'd expect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you would expect that from him. Um, He's fairly solid. Team... So um, maybe the quick chat about Trent and Perisic, who were essentials up until like this week. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. Uh, Perisic, are we getting, are we getting rid? Do uh, you know what? I'm. I don't really know if I am. To be honest, like I think Perisic is was he didn't play this week because Spurs have the Champions League and they wanted to keep him fit for that you know they conceded against uh Fulham and so that kind of forced Conte into bringing him on to try and shore up the defense a little bit um and then Trent as well like you know I I don't know no, I, I'm not as easily as convinced as you to just to get rid like uh, maybe maybe Salah there's an argument to be made potentially but I don't know about Trent I I first move I made in my wild card was was get like Perisic was already gone I had dropped Perisic for James but yeah Trent and Cancelo I got out of and I said I'm going to start moving my money into midfielders and forwards maybe maybe mm-hmm. that naturally moves us on to the mids because as you mentioned drop Salah ah uh, it feels like sacrilege though doesn't it <laughs> it feels complicated it feels like you feel like you're smarter than the game to be yeah it feels like you're like trying that. to play 40 chess or something <laughs> like but i mean uh, if you're getting rid of salah are you bringing in de bruyne is that how that works like or like you're not gonna just get rid of salah for like someone like pascal gross or rashford just because they're doing well right now like you're gonna get someone in who's gonna get consistent points over the season and De Bruyne is doing that with his, with the link ups with Haaland, like the, he linked he he assisted Haaland again in the match against Villa. I have no problem with getting in De Bruyne, so you you get your point eight million. Uh, it it kind of gave me the willies when he didn't start against uh, Nottingham Forest. Uh, he only got twenty minutes and no returns. Um, but he, you know he's just gonna tick and. Uh, I have no problem with getting in. Like, if you're dropping Cancelo and you have another Man City spot and you get rid of Salah, get in De Bruyne, spend your point eight somewhere else. You've also saved on the purchase of, uh, or sorry, the sale of Cancelo. So, I, th- I I have no problem bringing in De Bruyne. The fact that he played 90 against Villa, probably get rested in the Champions League and play again at the weekend, also is of major interest to me. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of we're recording on the Monday just so people are aware, like so we don't actually know what the lineups are going to be for those games uh, until later on in the week. And then if you're talking about Salah, then what's the story with Luis Diaz at eight point one? Is he worth holding just because, like you know, if Liverpool are going to get back into form, he's probably going to be involved in it in some way. Yeah, I'd, I'd be keeping Diaz. He only has three goals so far. He's only returned on two occasions, but he's played every minute more or less. 
yeah. you have Jata and Jata, Jata and Darwin coming in. Um, so I'd be monitoring that. Uh, but I'd imagine it'll be Firmino who loses out to Darwin. And Jota probably needs to prove himself to take Diaz's spot. Uh, I yeah, will probably. be holding Diaz, I think. The main reason being that the other 8 million midfielders aren't setting the world alight. You know, Mount and no. Kulusevski have Kulusevski, had quite well. Kulusevski had a great start. But um, since then, yeah, I think he got an assist against Nottingham Forest. And that was kind of it. He got a goal and an assist, and then he's got an assist. So, look, he's not been bad. Like, I, like I have him in draft, and I'm I'm quite happy with him. But maybe, yeah, like, are you talking? Maybe are you thinking of maybe De Bruyne in midfield, Luis Diaz? I think you hold on to Martinelli because I think he's still. I know he didn't score at the weekend, but like he he did, but it was ruled out. So he's still. I, I would I would be getting Saka if I didn't have three Arsenal players. I'm never going to take three forwards from one team. I mean, I think Saka's going well, but uh, Martinelli and Jesus are just better value and better picks. So Saka yeah, I think loses so. And then, reason. and then maybe you get rid of uh, Kulusevski and that you bring in someone like Rashford. I I like I've Rashford was like the first player in my team. He was the second player in my team. I'll reveal the first one there soon. Um, <laughs> you know, just just from seeing him score like the, these easy goals on the counter. Yeah, um, you know, United's fixtures and, and aren't had, too bad either. I had either. been thinking already for a week, so I'm, uh, I'm very intrigued. Yeah, they play. Um, we mentioned before the uh, the Manchester derby against City uh, in the Etihad on week nine, and then they have a few kind of tricky games. They're at home to Newcastle and Spurs back to back, and then they're away to Chelsea. So that'll be a really testing three three weeks. But up until then, they've got um, Palace away, Leeds at home, Everton away. And then after that, they've got uh, Villa and Fulham. Rashford is a midfielder, but he's been playing up top for United in the last, since they uh, lined up against Liverpool. Um, obviously got an, uh, got an assist and a goal in that game, I think. Or no, he got the goal. And he obviously got um, two goals and an assist in the game against Arsenal. I uh, don't really remember him doing much against Southampton or Leicester, but you know if he's gonna, if you've got a midfielder who's gonna be playing striker, like you know they're gonna get more chances than others. So, be an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, like who else are you gonna pick? Like you, so you might you might be going for one of the Brighton lads who've all gone up in price. I mean, like Rose at six is cheaper, hmm. but other than that, you're talking about one of the Man City midfielders, and I'd be worried about taking. I think Foden would be the one I'd go for, but I'd be worried but- about taking him. At well, eight one, million. One player that I wanted to ask you about, Owen, is Wilfred Zaha, or maybe even if you're depending on if you were stuck for budget, maybe someone like Eze, because Pal- Palace do have one of the easiest fixture runs of the next ten games. They've obviously got United, um, but then they have Brentford away, which is probably a little bit of a trickier one than people think. Uh, Chelsea at home, and then it's kind of Leeds at home, Leicester away again, not as tough a fixture as I think it will be. Wolves at home, Everton, Southampton at home. You know, like some decent fixtures. Wilfred Zaha takes penalties, and he's kind of the main talisman and for that team, so he's guaranteed to start. Yeah, I have no problem with the Zaha pick. When you look at the goals he's taking these days, you know their chances he was putting wide in previous seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Palace are doing fantastically well under Vieira, especially at home. If you could somehow take Zaha for only home games, that'd be pretty nice. Yeah. Um, it- how do you fit him in? You you put him in instead of Rashford. You know you have to spend the extra million. Well, I um, think if if you're getting rid of Salah for De Bruyne, that's point eight. If you're getting rid of Kulusevski for Rashford, that's uh, what is that like one point six? Then you know like you're kind of making budget there to kind of maybe maybe bring him in a little bit. Maybe. Yeah, mm, but you're keeping yeah. Martinelli, and then you have to get rid of your Luis Diaz or do something else. We're, we're yeah, presuming everyone in the world is the exact same team as us <laughs> when we say this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I know, well, I, I know. I suppose, I... More realistically, if if someone said to me they're keeping Salah and they're going to downgrade Luis Diaz to Zaha, I'd probably be okay with that too. You know, use that money elsewhere. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, are there any other players on that you, you think that might potentially catch on i think you mentioned saka earlier who i think was like 
eight when the season started. He's seven point eight scored against United now, so maybe that might be him off the mark. Maybe someone like Anthony Gordon is only five and a half, but he's obviously going to be the main goal threat for for Everton. Even maybe potentially even when Calvert Lewin comes back in. Um, I I prefer the the Gordon pick to the Eze pick. To be honest, uh, I think Eze yeah, yeah. is playing a bit a bit deeper uh, in that Palace team. Uh, Gordon just is doing bits. I mean, like whatever. He just has the two goals, but he's in a really shitty Everton team. Uh, he's sixty million pound interest from Chelsea, and there, there must be some reason for that, even if I can't <laughs> make sense of it. Yeah. Uh, so at, at five and a half, he's 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 a great pick to have, uh, even to start. Um, if I was looking around else, so anywhere else, like we mentioned, the Brighton guys, like, and couldn't knock anyone taking the gross pick. Um, and the oh yeah, the one I wanted to mention was Sancho at seven point three. He might even be a better pick than Rashford. No, I I I am potentially, but I don't know. I feel like how they lined up against Arsenal is gonna how they're gonna be how they're gonna line up for most games, which is Anthony on the right, Sancho on the left, and. Uh, Rashford up top. Actually, speaking of Anthony, how much is how much is he? Seven, I believe. He's seven and a half. Like, and he's gonna he's guaranteed to start on the right. Is he a potential option? I, I, I was going to argue with you about the fact that he's guaranteed to start on the right, and I was going to say no, he's not. Uh, but at his price tag, surely he is. Um, so what does that mean? Like I, I, I think Rashford has that left wing lockdown. So no, I don't think so. I, 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 I can't, I, I can't agree with you. Just looking at the way Rashford plays, looking how dangerous and direct he has been. But he's going to be playing to up top, if anything. Like they're, they're because they're gonna. They also have Anthony Alanga, who they like to play out on the left. So, you know. Maybe there might be times when Rashford starts up top and maybe moves out to the left, but I don't see him starting up. Or I don't see him starting on the left regularly. I'd I'd say he starts up top most of the time. And I and I don't hate that. No, Anthony's I don't hate not my radar. I mean, I don't have. A, I don't really have an opinion on Anthony. Anyway, um, we're kind of getting a bit long in the tooth here. So, is there any other midfielders you want to mention, or will we move on to the forwards? Uh, I, I, would you be taking any of the other Man City mids is my last question if I have De Bruyne in my team yeah or not either way would you be? Would you take so you're going to have Haaland maybe you have a defender do you also take a Man City mid mm, it's very hard to say if it's not De Bruyne I have Bernardo and in draft and he's been doing very well for me but I just can't. You can't. You're never sure with Pep. You're just never sure. You're sweating. You're yeah. Well, every week you're you're just thinking. You're biting your nails, thinking. Well, what's he going to do this week? Like they have a tough enough run in there. They got Spurs at home, then United at home, then they're away at Arsenal, uh, Liverpool, and Arsenal. So they got a few tough fixtures there, mixing the Champions League with that, and you could see a fair bit of rotation going on on that side. So you know, Grealish hasn't been as obviously hasn't been um, available because he's been so injured. No, no is what you're saying, Steve. <laughs> no is what I'm saying. No, yeah, no is what I'm saying. Yeah, Maris and Grealish. Yeah, th- thanks for cutting me yeah. off there, Ronald, because I wasn't <laughs> sure where that was. I wasn't sure where that point was going to end. But um, yeah, Maris and Grealish are, are certainly a good warning for anyone else yeah. that's considering them. Uh, have you a forward of interest? Yeah. Um, like it's it's I mean look it's hard to look past Haaland at at what he's doing he's the I think I was looking at a chart there showing like you know the the Golden Boot winners for the last like twenty two years or something and the and the rate with which they scored goals and Haaland is just surpassing all of them so far like ten goals already I think is it and ten goals have, in yeah yeah you, you have to have him in your team uh where it kind of gets interesting then is kind of maybe um either Ivan Tony or Mitrovic. Like how how you think they're doing? Obviously, Mitrovic we were talking about before. Tony we might not have touched on as much. Had a hat trick in the win against Leeds, five two, a, a penalty, a really nice free kick, and then a, a another really nice finish, um, oh, uh, which was like a lob over the keeper. You know, um, Fulham have a decent. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Just on Tony, I mean like he generally he has that reputation for being a kind of a workhorse a bit of a cane I suppose in that he kind of drops deep and does a lot of work and provides 
provides and creates for the team and then he just turns up and gets a hat trick against Leeds and you're 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 one you're scratching your head um i i would be pretty confident in in the player you're going to mention next i think i'd prefer him oh uh the player i am going to mention next is interesting because i don't know who it is who is it who is it oh <laughs> i thought you had already said alexander mitrovic oh no i did yeah i said the pair of them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. sorry <laughs> <Yes>. sorry <laughs> we got our wires crossed there but yeah like mitrovic is obviously buying in form um like they have they have chelsea at home as their next game then it's um forest newcastle west ham and then it's bournemouth villa leeds everton and then it ends with both the city both both the manchester teams apologies uh of city and united so like there's a decent spell there where you know they could they could be doing well and Mitrovic is their absolute main man he is guaranteed to start every game he's where all the goals are going to come from um bar maybe a few here and there so and he so far he's been carrying on the form that he had in the championship for the last season i'm 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 wondering will i drop jesus for Mitrovic? oh that's that's spice so if you drop <laughs> If you drop That's Jesus, a spicy meatball. Exactly, yeah. If you drop uh, Jesus for Mitrovic, then who is your potential? You're potentially looking at playing three forwards, then, aren't you? So who are you? I potentially would have Haaland, Kane, and Mitrovic. Uh, Kane Ooh. is a, a must buy in my opinion right now. Maybe even after with, the City game, even, but I, even with Owen, because we talked about this, even with Spurs having the worst fixture run of anyone for the next ten game weeks like city uh, arsenal yeah. I mean, Brett, brighton maybe I united I don't take liverpool him for this. maybe i don't take him for the city game but i'm okay with leicester arsenal brighton everton united as not so much newcastle bournemouth and then you are yeah their easy run does come after the world cup yeah a nice run so are you like are you talking then if you're talking about maybe not playing came for the spurs game then are you are you bringing in someone else and then keeping the cash in the bank and then tri- bringing them in, in, in a- after that game week yeah I, do, I hate um i hate planning a transfer because then you if you end up with a problem which is often the case yeah if you end up with an injury you're, you're kind be, of fucked you're fairly stuck you're taking a minus four and it's hard enough to get four points so I don't like that as much. I uh But your dream really lineup your dream lineup is Haaland, Kane and uh Mitrovic, is it? Mitrovic like you know, I'm on the wild card, I'm pressing the buttons as we're talking here. <laughs> it's chopping and changing very fucking quickly. <laughs> uh, so we'll see we'll see what happens. Um like I hadn't I hadn't intended on getting in Mitrovic. But am I going to become one of these people that drops Jesus and gets stung by it? It's interesting how much we should be paying attention to the fixture difficulty planner. Yeah, yeah, it's really come in handy so far uh, this episode. Yeah. Uh, one team that does have one of the easiest runs in the next um, 10 weeks or so is Aston Villa. And I know that Aston Villa are in terrible form so far this season. But Ollie Watkins isn't actually doing too bad, and he's trying to make a push for the England squad. So you know, Leicester again, not a tough fixture, I would say. Then Southampton, Leeds, Nottingham Forest, Chelsea, tough, and then Fulham, Brentford, Newcastle, United, and Brighton. Like those are if like if the, if they can get some themselves in any way, any way, put to, put it together, like they're a pretty decent side. And with a, a very nice set of fixtures, and at seven point three, uh, you know, I like mi- it as a differential pick. I prefer Mitrovic. Oh yeah, I, uh, I I'm not saying yeah. I I prefer Watkins over him, but I'm saying, you know, if you're willing to take the risk, That's like I have, I have Watkins in draft, and you know, it's like he he he's doing okay. Like he he's combining the the goals with the assists, and I haven't said that he's got two assists and one goal. He hasn't done anything in the other game, so maybe that's just my my bias there. But um, look, I was just I just saw it was interesting in the fixtures. Thought I might call it out. Yeah, I mean, like he's maybe he's the best of the rest. Like you're not taking Firmino, and you're not taking basically any of the rest. I'm not going to pick up Vardy or no. Converts. God, Vardy's been so Ings. disappointing this season. at Spurs, not even. No, no. Darwin, no. I suppose, is the only name we haven't mentioned. 
yeah, Darwin maybe. I don't know though. I'm not I'm not convinced on Darwin yet. I think all of his returns against Fulham I thought were flukes. Um Isaac looked good. Isaac might be an option at seven. I believe but it's again, pronounced Ishak. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> so uh he might be an option, but I think he's at seven, so he's right in between that Mitrovic and Tony. So you know, you're kind of thinking you're going to go with the, the the tried and true. But, I mean, in that game against Liverpool, he, he had a goal and arguably should have had two goals. I mean, but his, yeah, his foot was offside, but it was a very tight call. Yeah, I like those picks. I, th- I think both these guys, though, I think you're going to end up on, on a Haaland, Kane, Jesus, Mitrovic, maybe Tony pick. And I think you're just being smart going elsewhere. I think, is, is, is that fair enough to say? Probably, probably. So that's kind of... Our thoughts um, regarding our wild cards for this week. Still a lot to still a lot to go uh, be digest. decided. So a lot to digest there. But there's some some definite good points made by yourself, phone and maybe a few, maybe just a few by myself. What's but this? we'll see. <laughs> so uh, have have you uh, got a chance to make a bit of a tinker of uh, your wild card? Are, oh, absolutely. Are you fully not. settled I, on it? No, no, absolutely not. No, I, I haven't. I haven't even really... We've been going through all the players and everything, and that's kind of given me um, a bit of guidance on maybe where I might go, but uh, I have, I'm have i far from far from settled, so... Uh, and I probably won't be right up until the waiver dead... or the, the deadline hits on, on Saturday morning. So it'll be, it'll be a constant work in progress. Okay, that's our thoughts on players to pick up on a wild card, which I think a lot of people are going to be doing this week. Uh, still a lot of thought to go through especially with the european fixtures this week but uh thanks for listening a little bit of a different episode this week we didn't get to look at next week but uh i I think with europe happening that'll probably influence that in a big way so steve any last words before i do the outro no just i'll try and get my um my uh predictions and blog back for next week so if people uh who wanted to listen to the episode for for that or for our predictions they can probably go over and have a look there if they've been left disappointed and uh yeah sorry about last week it was just the fixtures were so close together i didn't get a chance to sit down for for a few hours because it does it does take me a little while to write those out okay if you want to get a hold of steve's predictions in in a kind of a betting fashion which i which i like they often uh intrigue me to look at the markets uh you can do that you can go to fpljingle.com our new website where you can see the episodes and steve's articles and a few bits like that you can also get in touch with ourselves there you can get in touch with us at at the fpl jingle on twitter it's a good place to talk to us if you want to do that and that's going to be episode seven out thanks for listening goodbye goodbye <laughs>